That's right, Northampton. It's Thanksgiving Day. You better drop your knives and get your hands out of that turkey. It's time for another episode of the number one vegan radio show in the world, Vegan Radio. Oh, no. All right. Sarah McLachlan and Anna Gasteyer from Saturday Night Live many years ago. Yeah. Ah, that was great. And uh, speaking of Butterball... <laughs> There's been some undercover PETA documentary photo of uh, Butterball factory farm and uh, the abuses that the workers have been perpetrating on the helpless turkeys, including sexually molesting them. Um, And we have an audio clip of the PETA employee who went undercover to document these abuses and um we'll be linking to the video file that you can actually go see some of the atrocities that are committed at butterball factories so that you can have your little thanksgiving turkeys (laughs) (laughs) and uh, we we also have rob zombie uh who happens to be a vegetarian and he's gonna (laughs) (laughs) surprise 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 he did a little phone message for PETA. Also in today's show, uh, we have some Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary clips, animal audio. From the Thanks Living celebration? No, these are actually from before that. Um, I've been saving them up over the years, and I'm going to let them all loose today. All for you today, listeners. Today you're going to have some free-range audio. And um, also, we have Dave Warwick, the wacky teacher tried to teach his kids about veganism in his classes and got kicked out of school. Yeah. Wacky war whack. Yep. The Pied Piper of veganism. And he uh, he actually made a little audio clip for Scott that was pretty cute, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're gonna <laughs> he's, been, he's been wooing Scott for some reason. We don't know why. <laughs> uh, I'm, res- I'm a receptive guy. That could be it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You know, I have... But uh, I'm down with where he's at, you know, uh, and I, and I certainly, you know, being all, all, ooh, what's I'm this? I'm Warwack. You're listening to veganradio.com, home to the coolest cats and catettes this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> now hang on there, Scotty Latane, because I know you like guitar. Warwack's going to play you some. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. See, I, uh, me and Megan used to be the stars of the show, but now... <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Warwick's uh, dedicating his. I have my, solos. I have my little cadre of fans out there. <laughs> I know. Come on, man. Uh, for example, um, 
Dave Warwick. <laughs> Dave, Dave Warwick. Um, and uh, Claire. Uh, Claire McRae. Um, let's see. Uh, and um, that German fe- fellow, Armin Muse. He's a big fan of mine. The German fellow? Yes, the, the cannibal who recently went vegetarian. Oh, yes. You know, I'm all for that, you know. Do you want to talk about that? Do I? Oh, do I? <laughs> do I? Well, you know, you know my views on cannibalism. I, I think if people volunteer to be eaten, that's cool. Uh, but since most creatures don't volunteer to be eaten, I'm not down with it. Was he really a cannibal? Uh, well, here's what Armin did. Uh, is he solicited on the internet for somebody who would let him kill them and eat them? And somebody volunteered. And so he went to his house and Armin, uh, Either poison, I forget what he did. He probably bludgeoned or poisoned him, <laughs> asphyxiated him, or something. I hope he Are you being serious? I hope he like then, didn't hurt him too bad while he killed him. Maybe. Uh, well, yeah, that suffering awful. we don't believe in. Uh, he dismembered <laughs> and ate him, and for this crime, he got eight years. Um, but it was consensual. The 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 victim um, offered himself up to be eaten. But why did he want to eat that person? Well, it's, it's like, you know, the f- these fetishes have got out of control these days. You and know? now he's... And then <laughs> Kids he went, these days. Then he went vegan? Uh, well, since since being in prison, uh, this is in Germany, um, actually got eight and a half years from manslaughter, and he uh, he joined the Green Party and became... Uh, he was elected as head of... Uh, uh, the prison Green Party. The Green Party <laughs> at his prison, yep. And <laughs> as a result of... Uh, you know, interacting with other people who were interested in the Green Party, uh, he decided to become vegetarian and stop eating all animal meat anyway. And he says that uh, human flesh tastes like pork. Uh, <laughs> he urges people not to imitate <laughs> his crime. Speaking of which, um, um, Ingrid Newkirk, there's a new documentary out about her, um, I Am an Animal or something like that. It's on HBO now. And apparently in her will... Part of her will is that once she dies, her body is going to be barbecued by PETA employees, so that uh, so that the smell of her flesh can be uh, smelled. Well, you have to remember <laughs> what? I don't what know is what going on. About. Why are you being serious? Yeah, she's is done all these things. Is any of this a serious show today? <laughs> she's sending what her is eye happening? To somebody and wow, well, she's got all these interesting things being done with her body parts. Once hey, it's she art, dies. man. <laughs> why, but why would she want to be barbecued so that we can... Sw- well, we it's kind of like the, the ultimate PETA, like, you know, promotion. That's, I'm sorry, that's on just the, weird. On the other hand, I mean, people have been, you know, having their bodies burned in a ritual, burning what if, when they die for a long time. That's something different than smothering yourself like in barbecue in a, sauce, though. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Yeah, but what if people are, like, <laughs> walking down the street on? and they're like, hmm, that smells good, what is that? And they'll say, well, it's Ingrid Newkirk. <laughs> would, you like a, would you like a shank? That's... That hmm. is. <laughs> Ingrid and Armin. Perhaps I, they will meet and fall in love. On, a, on another <laughs> note, I have a little, um, just a quick little, quick little um, thing that I saw in the New York Times I thought was kind of interesting. They had a picture on the front page um, of um, Baghdadians. <laughs> Baghdadians? <laughs> Scott, what's, what's the and word? Baghmamians, too? <laughs> what's, the word, what's the word for people in Baghdad? Um. Iraqi citizens. Iraqis. So they had so they had a picture of Iraqis. They had a picture of Iraqis um, and a couple turkeys. You know, were kind of in process of like you know looks like they're ready to be killed. And the headline said, um, "As violence ends, 
um, market opens. And I just thought that was so funny. As violence ends, violence begins. As violence ends. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. like, wow, are people so disconnected? And then they, they're showing a picture of these animals in the market that are about to be killed. Wow. Well, nothing brings people together like a common enemy. And we must <laughs> destroy turkey. all turkeys. Um, <laughs> well, let's hear what uh, Rob Zombie has to say before we get too further. Because Rob Zombie. What's the, what's the deal with like horror people in... Uh, Veganism, like uh, Clive Barker, Rob Zombie. I don't know. Something maybe they like fake blood better than real blood. I just think that there are vegans everywhere, and vegans they're, everywhere. They're in all different kinds of categories. There may be one in your home. It's true. Here's Rob Zombie. Hey, this is Rob Zombie on Peta's Thanksgiving Hotline. Did you know that in the wild, mother turkeys fiercely defend their babies, or that they develop strong social bonds and recognize each other by face? Yet, every year, Butterball's Turkey Talk Line answers questions about how to boil, broil, roast, and toast the bodies of these gentle, smart, and social birds. What Butterball doesn't tell you is that it, like other meat companies, tortures turkeys before they end up in the grocery stores. Turkeys often become painfully crippled because they are given so many drugs to make them grow so unnaturally large and that their legs splinter. The birds' throats are often slit while they are still conscious and able to feel the pain. In one Butterball slaughterhouse, PETA found a worker sexually assaulting the birds and another stomping on birds' heads until their skulls exploded. Make Thanksgiving for the birds. Call 1-800-BUTTERBALL and tell the company to stop torturing turkeys. And for delicious, animal-friendly Thanksgiving recipes, visit GoVeg.com. That's G-O-V-E-G.com. Thank you. 1965, yeah! All right. I'm getting Rob a pop filter for Christmas. So, that was great. Yeah. And, Thank um, you, Rob. Another good website is adoptaturkey.org. That's the Farm Sanctuary-sponsored uh, website for all things turkey. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, so this Butterball uh, this butterball investigation video is pretty pretty intense, but um, I, I edited all the audio so that it's just an interview with the employee, and um, I've got that. We can listen to that. What do you guys think? Please. <laughs> Hit me. I've done investigations at many poultry plants. What happened to the turkeys at Butterball's plant in Ozark is going to haunt me forever. The day I started, one worker picked up shackled birds and punched them in the necks. I guess he was bored or thought it was fun. The same day, another guy told me how he broke a bird's back with his knee, and then he broke her legs after shackling her. I could tell this is going to be a horrific investigation. At this plant, about 50,000 birds were shackled and slaughtered every day. Uh, day after day, workers would carelessly grab birds from coops and slam their weak legs into shackles. Um, it's a violent process. The birds are scared and flapping. Their legs often break. Live birds often get caught in their coops. Uh, once when a bird's leg got caught, one worker just ripped it right off of her body. I frequently saw live birds being slammed against the metal bars of the transport trucks and the coops, and even into the concrete walls. One day, one of the workers swung a bird like a baseball bat into the handrail of a staircase. The bird's spine was exposed, and there was blood everywhere. Uh, this guy just laughed about it. Workers like to play this sick game where they throw carcasses of dead birds at those still alive. Uh, these birds were terrified and confused. One day, uh, a worker was taunting another worker by holding a bird uh, by the legs and jerking her back and forth toward him. 
The second guy just grabbed the bird and punched her. Workers are told never to go underneath the trucks the birds arrive on for any reason at all, even if live birds fall down there. We're told that if we hear a loud popping sound, it's just a bird being squished under a tire. This happens frequently. The remains of dead birds are scattered around from being run over. Workers would regularly punch and kick birds. One guy humped a shackled turkey one day, and another time, another worker was putting his fingers in a turkey's cloaca, which is basically her vagina, while the line was stopped. The workers at this plant were clearly not trained in animal welfare. Some workers even bragged about their abuse. When people go to the grocery store and they see butterball or other turkeys all wrapped up in plastic, they just don't know what happens to the birds before they end up in the meat case. I mean, how could they? These dark plants are kept away from main roads and certainly not shown on TV. I went into this butterball house of horrors to show people what the company never will. If even one person sees this video and stops eating birds, it'll be worth it. There you go. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> if you're cooking a turkey, it's too late for that bird, but I uh, hope you'll think about the next one. Um, mm -hmm. You're listening to WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. This is Vegan Radio on Valley Free Radio. And you can find links to all these atrocities and other things in our show notes at veganradio.com. Right on. Um, anyone want to comment about workers in slaughterhouses? Well, I have. <laughs> what strikes me, actually, when I hear stories like this is why do these private people have to get together with their groups and sneak in and investigate? Why isn't this the sort of thing that we as citizens and our government do uh, to make sure that the products that are being provided for us are done, you know, are provided for us in uh, humane ways and in ways which are good for the public health. Uh, it just seems ridiculous that it isn't something that, it isn't the kind of oversight that we have as a, as a society. And uh, the fact that people get, you know, annoyed by somebody going in and doing this uh, only shows how little we are in touch with our own responsibility as members of this society. Right. Well, we're very disconnected from the whole process and and the workers that are actually working there have to disconnect themselves while they're doing this. You know, they have to see the beans as other than, you know, individuals. They're, they're just uh, products or unfeeling, unthinking creatures that can be treated like this with no repercussions. You know. And I, what comes up for me, of course, here goes the feminist, um, is the, you know, the, um, the rape of the animals um, by uh, clearly the people who are working um, in this factory situation are oppressed and probably don't have a lot of money. And then with that lack of power, then what they feel like they can do to regain some of that power is then to oppress those animals. Um, and I just think it's important to um, just be aware of that, that connection. That's what comes up for me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, we see the same thing in situations where humans are imprisoning other humans. It's like when the, they don't comply, when there's no compliance from the being you're trying to get to comply, uh, all you, and you're being pushed from above by some superior, the only thing you can really do is get out your cattle prod and push them. Uh, and that's, I think, what pushes people more and more to this is that they're just, they don't have any power. It's true. And, and they're annoyed by the fact that these animals are resisting them. And so, of course, they... They use force, and uh, and after a while, they become very hateful towards these creatures, uh, even if they're fellow humans. So, yeah, and I believe that we learn we learn how to 
treat each other that way by by doing it with animals you know the animals are the the most oppressed the most voiceless and uh what we do to them it's it's a shorter step to do it to each other you know if if we if our society and culture didn't condone violence towards animals it would be a it would be a lot greater jump to start doing these things to each other and i i encourage people to check out um the sexual politics of meat by Carol Adams slash she has another book called The Pornography of Meat as well, but both of those are great books to kind of highlight the kind of oppression and that I'm talking about. Uh, do we want to talk about the whaling story really quick? Um, yeah, would, uh, one of the big news stories out right now uh, to do with animal rights is that Japan has um, is going out to do whaling. They've been there's been a moratorium on whaling for a long time. But Japan has been uh, there's a loophole in which uh, you know they can do it for research purposes, but they really just use that loophole to whale and then sell the meat. Um, but now they're going to start going after endangered species, whereas before they just went after other whales that weren't endangered. They're going after um, fin whales, humpback whales. Uh, I think they're going to kill like 1,500 whales. They're just going to keep doing it until they're gone. The the Sea Shepherd is going out after them and Greenpeace. So there is some hope that some of the uh, activists will be able to at least disrupt, <laughs> <laughs> disrupt their, uh, their whaling efforts. Mm. Do you have anything you want to highlight about that, Scott? Oh, I'm I'm kind of reading the story here off the page, and uh, <laughs> maybe I should just uh, zip through it, and so people know what's going on. Uh, right now, Australia and New Zealand are appealing to Japan to halt a whaling fleet headed for the Antarctic. They're heading down there to hunt, uh, humpback whales, um, and Japanese officials uh, have denied the claim of activists um, and others that the ship have turned off their radio locators to avoid detection. Uh, they left the port of uh, in Japan on Sunday, and they're on their way. Uh, so it's last Sunday, I guess. Uh, they're planning to kill up to 50 whales, uh, humpbacks, which is, it's the first large scale hunt since 1963. There was a moratorium. Uh, the mission aims to kill as many as 935 mink whales and up to 50 fin whales. Uh, they're saying they're, uh, doing a scientific whale hunt. Uh, because after all, I don't know, maybe they want to cure whale cancer. Uh, the environmental group Greenpeace, um, is sending out the Esperanza, um, and they're trying to shadow. They're going to shadow the ships to the South Pacific, and they're going to track them down. They said uh, Dave Walsh is running this mission. Uh, the Greenpeace uh, claims the fleet uh, have, has turned off the radio transponders, um, and of course Japan denies it. Uh, and yeah, basically uh, the world, especially Australia and New Zealand, is angry <laughs> and uh japan is doing it anyway or at least the those who who in japan are authorized to do it are doing it so there you have it the sea shepherd uh has managed to uh stop japan's uh, whale hunts in the past on occasion and uh in fact uh, a couple of show, uh, ships by accident apparently uh caught on fire but um they're back in full force and they're out there with their Harpoons ready to go and kill some more whales for scientific research. And hopefully the Sea Shepherd is going to ram them. 
Yeah, they have a rammer. <laughs> they have this ramming device. It's very cool. It's called a can opener. And, uh, a rama. It a works. Rama, a rama. A rama them down. Yeah. So All right. There's some whaling going on. So We'll keep you continues. updated on this uh, atrocity and the counteraction by the Sea Shepherd and Greenpeace. Um, so our next item on our agenda here is uh, some clips from Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary. I went down there with the vegan bus on Thanksgiving, which was their uh, annual fundraising um, banquet to coincide with the Thanksgiving holiday, um, but where we go and honor the turkeys instead of eating them. And it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and I wanted to just mention it, but I have all these um, clips I've been doing of Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary, like little things with the animals and Jenny and Doug, the co-founders. And there are some pretty good clips that I've been building up over the years. And I think uh, I'm going to play them for you today. I just wanted to mention that two of the animals that are featured in these clips have passed since the uh, recording, um, Brandy the Rooster and Pig Pig. Have a little moment of reverence for them. They were beautiful animals and very dear to the sanctuary. Yeah. Hello. How are you guys? Mm-hmm. I'm Alice. This is Vegan Radio. We're here with Jenny Brown and Doug Abel, the co-founders of Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary in Woodstock, New York. And we're here with the sheep, Malice. How you doing, Malice? <laughs> um, Malice actually just arrived here a couple of months ago. She and um, three others that are here were rescued from one of the worst hoarding cases in all history in Pennsylvania. There was this sort of crazy... Oh, she's rubbing up against your leg, Derek. Oh. She likes you. Of course she does. Yeah, you got some good smells. <laughs> um, they were living in a basement. They were much younger, and they were living in a basement uh, at this woman's house who had a farm but was basically a hoarder. She didn't slaughter the animals or sell them or do anything like that. She just... She actually thought she was helping the animals by taking them in, but... Uh, there were dead bodies everywhere and um, feces in the house, several feet of it, and uh, a bunch of goats and sheep living down in the basement. And, but she must have been kind to them at least, physically kind to them, because they're very, very friendly. These are some of the most unusual sheep in the sense that they'll call when you, um, they'll come running if you call their name. And they lean against you like dogs, and they push each other out of the way just for some affection. They're sweethearts. They're lovable sheep. A little lover. <laughs> hey, Brandy. You want a little? You want a grape? 
This is Vegan Radio, and we're here at Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary with Jenny Brown and Doug Abel, the co-founders, and Brandy, the rooster. Oh, you thief. He's eating some grapes. So what's Brandy's story? Brandy's story is, um, he's a nine-year-old rooster. He's black, he's very handsome. And, um... He was rescued from a dumpster at an egg farm where, um, like with all hatcheries, the males that are born are usually discarded. They're put in bags, they're suffocated, or they're sometimes, as horrifying as it is, they're ground up live as fertilizer. So he was rescued somehow from a hatchery. I don't know the the real story behind it, Um, but he's a nine-year-old fella, and He's sort of our pet rooster. He's in the house equally as much as he is outside. And he loves grapes, which I'm feeding him right now. Brandy, what have I got there? Whoa! Whoa, he just jumped up. What's that? Look at that. What's that? When he's inside, he'll make certain noises when he gets the grapes. But if he's outside and there's other chickens around, he's a real gentleman. He makes certain sounds that tells the ladies, I got some good eats here. Uh, but I think secretly he probably just wants to eat it himself. But he's being, he's being polite. <laughs> you gotta be polite about stuff like Come that. here, sweetie. Come here, my bub. Come on. Look what I got. What's that? Oh, they're delicious. Oh, they're delicious. You never bites your finger? Oh. He actually just kind of did. <laughs> I think, is Bob getting impaled? No. He's still, he's still walking. Good, good, good. I'm all, there's no more grapes. <laughs> what do you think about that? Are those um, organic grapes? Hey, hey, be nice. We uh, we got some turkeys moving in and trying to get in on the action. Um, he has a morning ritual, which is pretty interesting. He crows at the door in the morning around 7 o'clock and will continue to do so until we get up and let him in. And he runs through the house, and it's a really funny sound, and maybe we could take you in there and record that. Um, he runs through the house, comes over to the kitchen area, and he usually gets some grapes, maybe a little banana, and then he loves canned vegetarian dog food. <laughs> and he eats a big old bowl of it and flips it all over the place, and the dogs come up and clean up afterwards. And then he walks over to a rug somewhere, and he has to wipe his beak off, which is pretty cute. Do you want to go inside the house and just listen to him walk real quick. It's really funny. Sure. Come on, Brandy. Come on, Brandy. This is Brandy What's going on, lady? You hungry? hungry? Vegan Radio, we're here with Sophie the Pig and Doug and Jenny, the co-founders of Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary. 
<laughs> Sophie was uh, part of a group of pigs. Oops. She's eating the Tupperware bowl. <laughs> She's relatively excited. Why don't we just put stuff on the ground for Sophie? Okay. That might be safer. Sophie was part of a large group of pigs, I think about a dozen pigs in Colorado that were um, a brewery was running a brewery was running a contest called Running of the Pigs. And what they were gonna do is run a bunch of piglets and whoever won the race was gonna get to be roasted. And so uh, some local residents found out about this and protested and the brewery owner, I think probably realizing there was some bad publicity headed his way, decided to still do the race, but to give the pigs to a sanctuary at the end, at the end of the project. So they did on, end up at a sanctuary. Uh, it was the, um, what are they called, Jenny? Wilderness Ranch in Colorado that shut down. And they lived there for four or five years. And that sanctuary has since shut down, but they've come here and uh, are being very piggy, essentially. <laughs> Likes that lettuce. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Sophie. So pigs are good composters. Yeah, absolutely. We just keep a we keep a bowl in the house, and any sort of lettuce core or exterior banana, whatever. Their diet here consists of horse grain and produce, and the horse grain is because. All the pig food that's out on the market is intended to make them grow big quickly, and it normally has disgusting stuff in it like pig blood. Right. Yeah, forcing, um, you know, making them into cannibals. Exactly, forcing them to be meat-eating animals when they're actually normally not. Yeah, if you think the ingredients are Doritos on Doritos is scary, you should try reading the ingredients on commercial pig feed. Yeah, <laughs> that'll blow your mind. Yeah. Well, there's, so, no, there's no MSG in there. I'll, I'll give them that. <laughs> Uh, so they they get the horse grain because it gives them what they need nutritionally, but it doesn't put the, the weight on them. Um, and then they get produce, tons of produce from a local produce place, and they've got such high-quality produce that they put out for the customers that anything that's partially bruised or the outer leaves of lettuce, whatever, they give to us. And it helps keep their weight down. And when, you know, normal pigs are slaughtered at six months of age and 250 pounds, you can imagine these guys um, average about five to six years old and 800 to 1,100 pounds. And so we need to do our best to keep their weight down so they don't get crippling leg disorders, which is sometimes what happens to them. And um, and they seem pretty happy, though. They don't seem like they're, you know. It works yeah, out. these are happy pigs. They're all lounging in the mud today. Hell yeah. So, Jenny Brown, is there any way that our listeners can help you guys... Uh, feed these pigs year-round? Why, absolutely. They can go to our website, woodstocksanctuary.org, and click on Sponsor an Animal, and they can sponsor a pig for a mere $30 a month. Wow. Yeah. I can't even feed myself for $30 a day. And it helps us cover the cost of their feed, and the gas to go get their feed, and their health care, and their nutritional supplements, and all that good stuff that we give them. And, uh... And the people who uh, help sponsor a pig will get a picture of the pig? and Yeah, in the mail and exchange, they will get a sweet little card with a, a picture telling the rescue story of that animal and, um, and a personal invitation to come out and meet that animal. We have some serious cow action here. What is your problem? I think they want grain. 
Do you want to describe the Look scene for us, Jenny? Can you um, describe the scene for Dog is walking around. <laughs> dog is walking around the corner, going towards the barn, and the cows know what he's going to get, and that's bowls of sweet feed for them, and it's their favorite thing, and it gives them this crazy sugar high. Um, <laughs> but now they're all riled up, just even thinking about it. So as Doug walks along the fence, they're bucking and kicking and mooing. <laughs> In anticipation. <laughs> it's quite a sight. Yeah, they're, you know. How much do these? Eighteen hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, basically, translation: feed me. <laughs> feed me. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> A whole lot of mooing going on. <laughs> the cows are running and bucking, running and bucking. Doug is running and bucking. Don't go eating poop, you guys. Don't go eating my poop. I won't go eating my poop. <laughs> Don't go eating my poop. I won't go eating your poop. You're not standing in the way. What are you doing? Is that my chronic problem? Oh, that's my heart. Oh, so handsome. You are so handsome. Yeah. That's not Cromwell. Cromwell. Here's Pig Pig. <laughs> Hello, Pig Pig. Yes, that's a funny noise. Sound a little congested, Pig Pig. Listeners, <laughs> <laughs> bet you didn't know that was coming, did ya? As <laughs> uh, clips from Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary, you're listening to Vegan Radio on WXOJLP Northampton 103.3 FM. It's Thanksgiving Day, 
Drop your turkeys. Get your hands out of the inside of the turkey, you nasty people out there. It's time for some veganism 101. Dave Warwick, you on the line? I'm here. How you guys doing? Oh, hey, we're great, Dave. Ho, ho, ho. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Thank you. And a Merry Thanksgiving to you. You got your tofurkey in the oven? No, I, I don't like that uh, imitation meat. That stuff grosses me out. Yeah. I don't want to be reminded of meat. <laughs> yeah, I found it too heavy myself. So what are you doing for Thanksgiving today? Uh, I'm going to go by my girlfriend's house later on. She's going to cook me up a nice uh, vegan meal. So looking cool. forward to that. Yeah, I heard you guys reading uh, about that uh, stuff going on in Japan and that whaling. Oh, yeah. And uh, it brought to mind, did you uh, hear that story about how they uh, at least were honest with, with the kids when it was in the school lunches? No. Yeah, the, the, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, from outside of, of their country, you know, we look at them and we say, boy, they're crazy, you know, look what they're doing in the ocean, and rightly so. You know, but then do we look at ourselves with factory farming, which is even grosser than what's going on, you know, hunting down a fish, I think, you know, raising them in confinement and all that. But anyway, um, the, you know, they, we feed it to the kids in school lunches, and we don't say much. If anything about it, and if anyone does say anything, they silence them like happened to me. But, you know, with, with the dolphins and what they're feeding the kids in the school lunches, this happened just in August. Listen to this story. This is amazing. Um, the, the dolphin meat, um, this was August 1st in the special to the Japan Times. It says, for what is believed to be the first time anywhere in Japan, elected officials have openly condemned the consumption of dolphin meat, especially in school lunches, on the grounds that it is dangerously contaminated with mercury. So they, so they, they you know, the whole town, their, their economy was based on this stuff, uh, on the, the kitchen, kitchen the, the, the dolphin meat and, and the, the whales, the pilot whales, and they were putting it in those kids' lunches, and then they felt so guilty about it that that was what made them come clean about it. And then they end the, the story. They say, um, uh, Yamashata explained, we're not against traditional whaling, but we heard claims that pilot whales are poisoned with mercury. And we discovered that some of this meat from a dry fishery was fed to kids in school lunches. Mm. So that made them just uh, be honest with the kids. You know, how come we can't do that in this country, you know, with, with the hormones and the pesticides and, and just all the nasty stuff and just the fact that it's meat alone? You know, that, that should be brought up. Kids, school lunches, who's thinking about that? Profits over people, Dave. Come on now. I got stuff to do. <laughs> program. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, so, right. so did you get the, the, the email I sent you with those comments? Did you have that in front of you? Um. um Oh, I, Scott might have. I it. have that in well, front of well, me. Well, Dave, let's uh, for our listeners that missed our last show that crashed. Um, <laughs> Oops. Let's go back to the beginning of your story and go through it one more time. Um, so you're a school teacher in Indiana. You were. Uh, in Illinois. Illinois. And, uh, one of those I, I states. Was trying to bring <laughs> veganism into the classroom, and uh, they didn't like that at all, and they they told me to stop, and so. I did, and then uh, I, I had a run-in just at the beginning of this school year where they, um, they were hanging up the milk posters uh, you know, year after year, and I had asked that they'd be taken down because they're just false and misleading. And that started into this um, issue of, of you know what, what can be on the wall and what, what can be told to kids, and they refused to take the posters down, so I, I told the kids the truth. You know, I bought them all a uh, Food Revolution book by John Robbins, and... Uh, 
that was my last day in class. They fired me after that. <laughs> and, and then so I've been battling in court, you know, trying to get my job back, but the system just, you know, works against me. Right now they have a gag order on my website. They told me to delete pages, anything to do with the case, which is, you know, that's just way overstepping their bounds, you know, constitutional rights. These same stories and podcasts are on other websites. They can be on mine, too. You know, why single me out and say I have to remove them from mine? And by so buying buying that book and giving it to the kids, the Food Revolution. What did they say? All you're doing is buying them a book and saying, "Hey, read it and make your own choices." What did the school say? How did they fire you for that? Well, they they said that that was not approved um, curriculum, and that I was indoctrinating the kids. I was, um, you know, telling them to keep it a secret. And these are the excuses that they used to fire me. And this is nothing that, um, you know, couldn't have been talked about, but they refused to talk about any of it. And and I asked them to read uh, John Rotman's 1989 Realities, which shows the connections with starvation, pollution, you know, uh, the, the health of the kids, and what's going on. It shows the whole picture, and he wouldn't even address that. And that's all I've been asking for since April, is just to talk about this. I even gave it to the Board of Education at the meeting that they fired me for, and, and I said, let's look at this and talk about the health of the kids and, and what's going on in the world. And, and they refused, and they just want to stick to technicalities and fire me for, uh, you know, X, Y, or Z, when that's not even right for them to do that, because I was just being honest. You can't fire someone for telling the truth. You know, and or so they you? say I was indoctrinating, <laughs> but I wasn't. It was only 45 minutes one day where well, they get indoctrinated in a day out. <laughs> That's what school is. It's indoctrination. It is. It is. And, uh, and, and people don't see that. And then um, they, they accuse me, too, of keeping it a secret when I'm the one that's not keeping their secret. Right. It's their secret. And so they fired me for keeping it a secret and indoctrinating the kids, which is insane. Well, let's go back a little further to the fun part of your story with the peeps. Uh, oh, yeah. Can you, tell us, uh, well, can you tell us about your – so you're you an art teacher. And what, what grades are you teaching? Uh, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And tell us about your um, your project with the marshmallow peeps. Sure. Um, with my uh, one class I had in uh, computers, they were uh, being mean to animals. I found out, and uh, so I wanted to do some some lessons that, that incorporated kindness. And so um, I brought in some some marshmallow peeps, and I asked them all to take care of them. And so there were four different varieties, and they, they were little characters, and they had expressions, and they were really cute. They're not just the typical little yellow peeps, you see. And so people became attached to them, and they were carrying them around for three days. And after three days, they were to bring them back to me, and then I was going to use them in an art display to help animals and, and then give them a new uh, a task or, or challenge. And so they had fun with it, and the, and the whole rest of the school wanted to participate, too. So I, I got peeps for everyone. And so everyone in the school carried with them for three days, uh, you know, one of these peeps, and they got attached to them, and they had names for them and such. And so at the end of uh, the three days, I took them, and I put them in an art show that I made, you know, my own personal art, and I put it inside a display case, and I had posters hanging around it. And inside the case, I had peep heads that were on the wall, and I had um, peeps that were in cages, you know, just crammed in there, and then peeps that were um, being used, uh, you know, just for collections. They were just in a bag. I 
had peeps that were roadkill, and I had peeps in pots <laughs> and pans. And the, the peeps that were in the pots and pans was the thing that really upset the adults in the building. The kids loved it. They thought it was so cool, and they were like, wow, you know, I never thought about it that way. And and, and it was cool, too, because in front of the display, I had a basket with um, stickers inside that I made, and they had the four different kinds of peeps, and they, their expressions were photoshopped. So they were crying, and so they were almost like memorial stickers. And they said on them, uh, I miss you, I love you. <laughs> you know, and, and so they, you know, the kids love stickers, and so they come by, you know, the stickers were gone, like within one passing period, I had like 300 in there. And, and you know, they had their their personal peep, you know, their their guy was crying and saying, I miss you, I love you, and why'd you give me up, and look what he did to me. And, and so they got it. But the adults flipped out, and um, behind my back, they couldn't even talk to me. They filed a petition, really um, juvenile, immature stuff, and they gave it to the principal, you know, saying, remove any references of food from the show. They were okay with the peep heads on the wall and the ones in cages, but the idea of them as food, you know, <laughs> is that it was unacceptable to them. And so well, those peeps are pretty nasty. The petition, and they, they said, uh, remove any references of food, which is ridiculous because it's marshmallows between bread. It is food. They want to hide the idea that I'm saying, hey, look what you're doing for real if you think about it. I mean, it's insane. You know, and so this this is what snowballed and then got me fired. Yeah, it seems like a, a general underappreciation of the role of art. <laughs> I mean, you're out there, you're taking your interests and you're using art to express them, and uh, that's exactly what art is for. I mean, uh, the fact that they shut you down just shows uh, a real lack of appreciation for where you're coming from. Yeah, it's exactly it. And, and you know, I, I understand that there's, um, the society is messed up, and and then I, I backed off at the end of the year, and I, and I didn't do anything with animals. And I lost respect for myself because I was hiding it. And so when I came back this year, and I see the milk posters up, you know, when they filed a petition to take my art show down, but then they hang up these false milk, milk, false milk mustache posters, you know, with um, celebrities, you know, saying it's going to make you leaner and, and, and fit and trim. And it's just a flat-out lie. You know, and here I had the truth, and they made me take that down. And so I made an issue of it, and I said, hey, let's take this down. They wouldn't even discuss it. And they said, don't you dare tell the kids. Well, you know, how am I going to have any respect for myself if I, if I just abide by that, just to keep my job, you know? I knew they would fire me for it. You're the man, Dave. <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> Speaking uh, the truth. For our listeners out there that, uh, that are going to bombard us with emails, um, can you just explain that you did know that the peeps were not vegan <laughs> <laughs> and how you came about getting them? And, and Yeah, you know, um, I was just, you know, I, I, was, I went vegan um, in January, and I'm learning all this stuff. And I, I realized that, that there was animals, you know, in them when I bought them, but I, I didn't make all the ethical decisions in depth like people can do. You know, hindsight's 2020. And, and I might have even done it anyway, knowing what I know now, because those peeps were um, used uh, for a good thing. They were in the bargain bin and going to be thrown out after Easter, you know, and they, they came out to be like 50 cents a piece, um, you know, and it was at Walmart in the bargain bin. And you think in the third world country and some little kid, you know, making each one of those individual, because they were really ornate things. They had different expressions and clothes and, and all kinds of things. And, and so they were on an assembly line, and, and they were from China. 
and to think that they were made of animals. And then I was going to exploit that in in the show, you know, in, in the idea that do you know what you're you're eating or what you you could have ate was really an animal. And, and you know, I never I just got shut down with with the whole thing, you know, and so I never got a chance to to get into that. But you know, it's it's an ethical issue, and you know, I I don't know if there's a right or wrong, but those peeps right now are are doing a lot of good. Still, they're they're immortal. You know, they're going to be in my book. <laughs> pictures of them. You know, I got pictures of them. You know, marching along and in, in, in the art display. So they're living on. You know, their memory and and what they're about. And I think if people learn from that, maybe it was a good thing using them. You know. Yeah, I, I think it's important to not peep. to not get caught up with the vegan police, like where everything you do must be completely vegan. And it's like you're you had great success and you accomplished a lot, even though you use something that wasn't vegan to get people thinking about veganism. And that is what's important. That should be the focus for vegans. Let us just say for our listeners out there that don't know that the non-vegan uh, ingredient in marshmallows and in the peeps is gelatin, which is <clears throat> slaughterhouse waste that's kind of boiled down to uh, icky goo and then put into things like jello and candy and uh, vitamin pills and things. And it's also one of the um, most likely ways that mad cow disease will be transmitted to humans. So don't eat gelatin. Okay. Yeah, don't eat the peeps. It's in, in everything. And then um, what about white sugar and i don't know about this but do those prions from mad cow you know because isn't sugar filtered through bone yeah you know, I mean, some of it you know that that stuff can be and, and then too um i found out that like aspartame this isn't animal related but that's in things all over the place and it's not even listed in the ingredient ingredients they don't have to list that anymore oh really Ooh. it's, it's they, pretty nasty they've gotten so lax on things and so you don't even know what you're buying when you get processed food. Who really reads, you know, you know, the average person? Of course, vegans do, but you know, who 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 goes through the the big list of things that you can't even read? It's so small, you know. You yeah. glasses. I think it's crazy. All the people that are, you know, they want to lose weight, so they get diet soda or something. And it's got this aspartame that turns to formaldehyde inside their bodies and causes some people to go into seizures and all kinds of crazy stuff and uh, cancers. And for the little bit of a sugar that they're avoiding. Well, that stuff was was terrible the way they passed it too, and and it's and the information's out there. There should be outrage in the in the, in the world for how Rumsfeld, um, you know, went back and forth. You know, it's like a revolving door. They go from government to to pharmacy into the um, you know, the farming. You know, they they go all around and then they get jobs and they switch back and forth and they do each other favors and they get kickbacks. It's just ridiculous. And, but he he went from the government into um, pharmaceuticals, Monsanto, you know, and then got aspartame passed, you know, and then they change the names of the company and they sell stuff so they're not liable and they use it for as long as they can until they get shut down and they come up with a new cancer-causing thing. And, you know, this is the cycle and it's all about paybacks and money. You guys know that, preaching to the choir. Oh, yeah. We know all about it. <laughs> but our listeners might not. Yeah. Any listeners that are into diet soda, you should go uh, Google uh, aspartame on the Internet and you'll find out all kinds of nasty stuff. Hey, so do we have any time for some comedy? Comedy? Oh, there's always time for comedy, Dave. <laughs> well, uh, one of the funniest things that, that happened through this whole experience was the, the comments on the, uh, the the message boards. You know, like a local town newspaper would publish a story about what's going on, and then everyone in the town is embroiled over it. And so they, they get in conversations about it, and then naturally 
uh, vegans gravitate to the message board to, to throw the other side of it because it's so lopsided. But it's funny when you look at what people think and believe in real life, and that this is this is this is what they hang on to. And and like one example is is this is actually what someone believes, and they're so desperate to hang on to meat eating that this is the length that they'll go to 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 justify it. They'll just throw out a gazillion questions that you can't even deal with. Uh, here's an example, and this guy's screen name is Ice Age, which is so appropriate. Um, <laughs> Dark Age, did you say? I'm sorry. This <laughs> is ah, you really have no clue, do you? Or are you just spouting what you have heard? The human digestive system processes processes matter within 24 hours. Vegetable mm. matter unground takes 56 hours. Hence, <laughs> hence the double stomach of a cow. Mm. Answer me this. Why does an ape, an herbivore, have the promenade, uh, promenade skull ridge to anchor the muscles needed to grind plant matter while this is lacking in humans, or long, flat molars to grind plant matter into fine pulp absent in humans? Why does an ape's saliva begins digestion while a, a human kills germs? You know, this is, these are the stupid arguments and questions. Don't, when they don't even have any facts, they'll just throw out a bunch of insane questions for you to a- try and answer. Yeah, know, well, like, why do humans have the capacity to make choices? That would be the, the, my answer to that. Uh, and then you can't argue with this one. Here's a guy. Um, I tried eating fruit and vegetables only. One time, and I was hungry 30 minutes after I ate. <laughs> so it was one time he tried it, and 30 <laughs> minutes after he ate. And then he says, uh, you need a nice hunk of meat in the gut to hold you over for four or five hours between meals. I always make so so I can eat a piece while I'm finishing up on the grill, and I don't need a fork and knife. Just my hands and a good set of teeth to tear the meat. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, man. You know, and this is what you deal with on, on the message boards. And then, uh, you know, there's some guys that try and be uh, funny with, with uh, the jokes and the puns, and, and that's great stuff. And, and there was, like, one guy... That was uh, hilarious, and, and this was his very first comment when the story first appeared in the news. He was just waiting for this. He knew the story was coming <laughs> out. He must have pre-scripted this comment because it was it was as soon as the, the article appeared online. And so this is what he said: "This man's career is at stake, and he's trying to bring home the bacon. I think the school board should meet with him immediately, and they're probably too chicken. I don't get." why they're having a cow over this. I guess they're just having a beef with him and his beliefs, and now they're trying to egg him on. He should milk this publicity for all it's worth. So I guess this is a little cheesy. <laughs> oh, my God. Quite cheesy. That's pretty bad. But it does, it does bring to, uh, to mention that the, how, how many uh, phrases there are in popular culture that have to do with animals, you know, you know chicken. This is a, a, a hot topic, though, because... It's personal to everyone. Either you eat meat or you don't. So you're involved in the conversation. It's like a universal um, subject, but it's been hidden for for history. You know, you don't read about this stuff in the history books. You don't read about people fighting over this stuff, and and it's purposely left out. So now they're trying to leave it out of the internet. When they told me to delete pages, I, you know, I'm I can't do that. You know, I change names and dates and things, but uh, I'm not going to change. Uh, you yeah, know, just pages. You can always point people to archive.org, which archives the entire internet. Uh, cool. You can always look at the past pages that have existed on the internet, and uh, that's kind of helpful. Yeah. So, so how could they censor me like that? You know, it just doesn't make sense. 
Hey, I won't you know, these, um, the meat eaters, they're not too um, smart sometimes. They're dangerous to themselves. Here's a comment uh, that I got from a guy. This is hilarious. Uh, the only peril of eating meat that I've encountered is burning my hand on a really hot grill. It's a small price to pay, though, for an exceptionally tasty piece of meat. Steaks, chops, and ribs. Mmm. Have you ever tried to grill a piece of lettuce? Yuck. <laughs> Ooh. Have you ever had oh. a Have you ever had a stent put into your veins? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Triple heart bar- bypass surgery is always a lot of fun. With the, with those kind of people, their their focus is always, and whenever they talk to you, it's always. Mmm, it tastes so good. Like, that's always their backup is that the taste is so fantastic. How could you be denying yourself this? There's no, there's, usually there's never any mention of like what the animal went through or, you know, is it okay for there to, you know, um, be physical torture against animals? It's always like, oh, it tastes so good. Is it healthy for the human physiology is it healthy for the planet i'd rather die young having (laughs) had great experiences and wonderful taste sensations than well that's what they usually say exactly (laughs) and i think that's why ingrid newkirk wants to have her body uh, barbecued when she dies so that people can taste how good human flesh is it's like pork (laughs) yeah that's cool i like that she's doing that I, I think that uh, you can't possibly give any more of yourself than she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's feeding people, for Christ's sake, she when should, she dies. She should donate her body to the homeless after it gets cooked. Though. It's Thanksgiving, and we got to get going and start making our vegan feasts. Yeah, we got root roast. We I got, got root roast tofurkey. We got some cram- homemade cranberry sauce. We got pies. vegan vegan pumpkin cinnamon rolls oh, smothered man. in vegan cream cheese. Oh, <laughs> my God. Sautéed kale with all kinds of yummy spices. asparagus. Oh, okay. Roasted asparagus. My pea's going to taste Grilled funny. asparagus. I mean, smell funny. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are making me hungry. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's true. It's, it's going to be tough without a, a big dead bird on the table, but we'll, we'll manage somehow, Dave. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Hey. Well, th- <laughs> thanks, Dave. Thanks, you know what, you know thanks what, for talking to us. You know what us. we got to say about Butterball, Dave? No, what, what's that? Another fine product from Uranus. Oh, my. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice, wow. Nice. <laughs> All right, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, well, thanks, have Dave. a great Thanksgiving. All right, bye. Be well. And you have been listening to uh, what is this show? Vegan Radio. Oh, we got a special outro music for you today. You recognize this one, Scotty? I do. Um, sad electric song. It's called. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it how, is. And how appropriate. And how appropriate. <laughs> I've got some lyrics to go with this, but... You do? I haven't worked it out yet. Do you want to sing along? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> this microphone just ain't going to do me any justice. All right, everyone. You've listened to another episode of Vegan Radio. Wasted away another hour of your life. <laughs> <laughs> is that trademarked? <laughs> um, I hope not. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another exciting episode. And if you want to check out our show notes, you can check them out at veganradio.com. Also, past episodes, future episodes, everything you need to know about Vegan Radio. And uh, that's about it. That's all. You can search for us on iTunes. Just type in the word vegan and we'll be one of the top. Yep. 
things on there. Ignore all those other vegan podcasts. Uh, you can <laughs> they listen to them. They just won't are inferior. <laughs> They'll be kind of like eating fruit and vegetables. You know, you'll be hungry a half hour later. But if you listen to vegan radio, it's like eating a tofurkey. Ooh. <laughs> you know you're jonesing for some tofurkey. Uh, I'm not especially fond of tofurkey. I know. Shh. To each his own, though. We can't do any food disparagement on this show. Oh, that's right. Disparagement. <clears throat> Only meat and dairy for disparagement. All right, then. All right, kids. We've gone on long enough. <laughs> Go vegan. <laughs>